Father, we praise and bless the name of Jesus. We bless the name that is above every name. The name of Jesus. And we rejoice that tonight in that name we have access into all that is available to us in Christ Jesus. So I pray for viewers around the world. I pray for all of our radio audience. I pray for everybody on social media and everybody connected in our house centers and campuses tonight that veils full of clarity comes by the teaching of the world and decree that burdens and yokes are destroyed. And we rejoice that tonight as we speak words which the Holy Ghost teacheth, we compare spirituals with spirituals. And we thank you Lord that today your word will build up your people, equip your people and by the end of this service we'll all be the better for it. We give you praise for answered prayer. In Jesus precious name and every believer sees a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together as we say this word. I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says a powerful amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and all of you that are connected to this service tonight by way of our house centers and all our campuses and all the people in Aquaibom State connected by way of Comfort FM. It's a joy to have everybody connected to the service. And I tell you, we're going to have a great time of teaching the word tonight. I'd like you to make sure you invite a friend, invite a family member, get somebody in your neighborhood to hook up to the service tonight. Social media their family i like all of you to share the videos tag some people pull some people in create watch parties let's flood the blue marble planet with the fragrance of jesus's grace and i want to appreciate those of you in the house the few tv audience we have here is a joy to have all of you here tonight we're gonna to have a great time in the word of his grace can we celebrate the opportunity we have to receive the word tonight glory hallelujah somebody shout a powerful amen Grab a notebook, a Bible, and your pen. You can be seated with your sweet smart self as we get into the word of Almighty God. We've been looking at Soteria season 7, examining the legal and the vital work of salvation. And we've been laying a foundation so that we're able to have a clear understanding fundamentally of the subject matter. We have established that salvation, the study of salvation, is the study of Jesus Christ. The study of salvation is the core study of Christianity. The other day I said, if you take salvation out of Christianity, then there is no Christianity at all. It is the redemptive sacrifice of Jesus and what he has done for us that provided for us salvation in Christ Jesus. Look at the book of Hebrews chapter 2 verse number 2. Hebrews chapter 2 verse number 2. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. Next verse. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? So two things here. Number one, there is the law of Moses, which was given by angels. And under that dispensation, every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. 
an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. There is no forgiveness in the law. The law is all about revenge and about do wrong and get punished for it. Then there is the great salvation that Jesus provided which gives us escape from the law. How shall we escape the law which was given by angels if we neglect so great salvation? Now, it's so important to realize, like we laid a foundation yesterday, we began to look at the fact that the law is not of faith. In Galatians chapter 3, we saw that, that the law is not of faith. The man that doeth them shall live by them. And then we saw that Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. And we saw in Hebrews chapter 11 that all the patriarchs of faith did not function under the law. Beginning from Abel by faith, Noah by faith, Abraham by faith, Enoch by faith. All of them never function under the law because the law is not of faith. Alright, so that is why when faith came, you were freed from being under the schoolmaster, which was the law, according to Brother Paul's argument in Galatians chapter 3. Now, so we began to look at the New Testament, the Old Testament yesterday, and we went to the fact that the Old Testament is Exodus to Malachi. The New Testament is Acts of the Apostles to Revelation. And then we saw that Genesis was not a part of the Old Testament. We saw that Genesis is the New Testament that was interrupted by the Old Testament. Look at Matthew chapter 26 verse 28. Matthew 26 verse number 28. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So what covenant or promise did God make to Abraham? Was that the old covenant? The promise that God made to Abraham. Was it the old covenant? Pay attention. The writer of Hebrews gives us an insight. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. By how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. Which was established upon better promises. Next verse. But for if that first, first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. Verse 8. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Notice, he is a mediator of a better covenant. Better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Now pay attention. The word better is not a variation of the first one. He is not saying better than. Mm -mm. He's not making a comparison. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 4. See the way it is used. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 4. Being made so much better than the angels, as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Now what he's talking about there is that Jesus obtained a more excellent name. The name there is not the label. The name there is the authority. Jesus has obtained a more excellent authority. Now that doesn't mean that angels have authority. That's not what he's saying. He's not implying that angels have any authority. The word better describes his authority. It is not a comparison between two. So the same way he was not comparing the two covenants. Rather, just the writer did consistently in the entire book. 
he kept using the term better better to refer to what christ has done in the book of hebrews you will see better better and it is in reference to what christ has done which is eternal the word better means eternal the same way he uses the word perfect in the book of hebrews the word perfect and then you will also see another word in the book of hebrews once in describing the eternal nature of jesus's sacrifice that jesus's sacrifice was better meaning it was eternal that jesus's sacrifice was once meaning that just one sacrifice is all that was required meaning that one sacrifice has eternal impact and then there's the word perfect he's just describing the eternal nature of the sacrifice and what those who have believed in that sacrifice have received so observe verse 7 for if that first covenant had been faultless had been faultless what covenant is he referring to as the first covenant look at hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 please pay attention hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 i mean chapter 9 verse 4 sorry hebrews chapter 9 verse 4 which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant if your bible is mine underline the covenant and you can circle that word day the covenant the word day there implies the author was referring to something specific the covenant so let's see verse 15 of hebrews chapter 9 it will help us to understand what he was referring to as the covenant and for this cause he is the mediator of the new testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament under the first testament underline that they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance if you notice in this chapter he did not call it old covenant he called it the first he called it the first testament the word first was translated from the greek word protos p-r-o-t-o-s which implies before or foremost look at hebrews chapter 9 verse 17 pay attention hebrews chapter 9 verse 17 for a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Definitely, let us see that the writer was not describing the new covenant. Because Jesus rose from the dead. Hence, he said, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. It is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. So as long as Jesus had not died, there was no New Testament. Because the New Testament is a product of the shed blood of Jesus. So until he died, there was no New Testament. All they had was Old Testament, which the writer of Hebrews referred to as the first. Now, please pay attention. Jesus is alive. So this is not talking about Jesus. What he is describing will be seen in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 18. Put it up for me on the screen. Whereupon 
neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. Give me verse 20. Hebrews 9.20 Saying, this is the blood of the testament. The testament which God hath enjoined unto you. This is the blood of the first testament. That is what he is describing. This is Moses talking. This was different from the covenant in the blood of Jesus. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 16. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days say of the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and write them in their minds. I will write them or in their minds will I write them. Look at Hebrews 12.24. Pay attention. Hebrews 12.24. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. The covenant I will make with the house of Israel, I will write my laws in their hearts. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. Look at Hebrews 13 verse 20. Hebrews 13 verse 20. Now, the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Everlasting covenant. So, observe the word he used in those texts we read. He used to describe the covenant in the blood of Jesus. He used words like better, new, everlasting. Better, new, everlasting. So come back to Hebrews chapter 8 verse 9. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 9. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers. In the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. To lead them out of the land of Egypt. Because, that's the character of that covenant. Because they continued not in my covenant and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. Notice that when he said, the covenant that I made with their fathers. The covenant that I made with their fathers. When I took them by the hand. To lead them out of the land of Egypt. This was referring to Exodus chapter 12. Was Abraham involved in Exodus chapter 12? No, he wasn't. Abraham died in Genesis 25 verse 8. So Abraham was not part of the covenant that took them out of Egypt to the promised land. Therefore, what covenant was he speaking of? Let's look at that covenant in context. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 7. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 7. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. Next verse. For finding fault with them, with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, and with the house of Judah. Observe how it was described. It found fault. 
that covenant found fault. This implies that the covenant was looking for fault, looking for blame, and it blamed them. You know, watch this and see the, the character of the old covenant. Do you observe that the only place you will see the weaknesses and the mistakes and the sinful acts of people like Abraham, people like Moses, people like David, people like Isaiah is in the old covenant. You will never see their wrongdoings recorded in the New Testament. All of their wrongdoings are recorded in the old covenant. Why? Because the old covenant is a fault-finding covenant. Why is it a fault-finding covenant? Because it does not have the forgiveness of sins. That is why a man like Moses, when you read the old covenant, you will see that Moses killed somebody, dug the ground, and buried the person. And the next day, two people were fighting, and Moses came between them to try to see if he can mediate. And one of them looked at Moses and said, Do you want to kill me like you killed the other man yesterday? And Moses discovered that what he thought was a secret was public knowledge. And Moses ran for his life. He left Egypt. He ran for his life. But you know, in the New Testament, it is not recorded like that. If you read the New Testament, the New Testament says, Moses by faith, when he was come of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God because he esteemed the reproach of Christ better riches than the treasures in Egypt. The New Testament never recorded that Moses left Egypt because he killed somebody. Rather, the New Testament recorded the faith of Moses, not the wrongdoings because the New Covenant does not look for faults. Why? All the faults of people in the New Covenant has been punished on Christ once and for all. So that is why the Old Testament people who believed in Jesus, who had faith in Christ, when the New Testament showed up, there was no record of their faults, only records of their faith. By faith, Moses. By faith, Rahab. By faith, Samson. Look at Samson who committed suicide. He committed suicide and murder at the same time. He killed himself and killed others. Yet, in the New Testament, Samson is an elder who through faith obtained good report. Why? The New Testament does not record faults. The New Testament records faith because all the faults of believers have been punished on Christ Jesus. So for it to be recorded against you will be double entry, which is illegal and which is, you know, which is not right. And God is not a God of illegalities. He's a God of justice. Now, so the New Testament does not record false. The New Testament records faith. So notice that the old covenant looked for fault. Now, that is different from what was spoken of Abraham. That covenant called Old Testament is different from what was recorded of Abraham. Look at what was recorded of Abraham. Luke chapter 1 verse 77. Please pay attention. Luke chapter 1 verse 77. To give knowledge of salvation unto his people. By the remission of their sins. To give knowledge of salvation unto his people. By the remission of their sins. Salvation. Remission of sins. So why was the covenant made with the fathers? When he took them and led them by the hand out of Egypt in verse 9 of Hebrews chapter 8. 
which is what we refer to as the old covenant. The, the, the Hebrews chapter 8 verse 13 will explain to us. Put it up for me. Pay attention. Hebrews 8 13. In that he saith a new covenant. He hath made the first old. He had made the first old. Glory to God. He had made the first old. Now, that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. It decayeth, it waxeth old, is ready to vanish away. So, the first is called old by the writer and was explained in that same verse 13. It decays, it waxes old, it vanishes away. The old covenant, which is what they call the first. It decays, it waxes old, it vanishes away. Therefore, take note of this if you are writing number one. The writer speaks of Moses in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5. God leading them, talking about the fathers and Israel, out of Egypt through Moses in verse 9 of Hebrews chapter 8. Moses led them out of Egypt to the promised land that they are going out was the day the old covenant or the first covenant was made which finds faults. The old covenant or the first covenant was made which finds faults. Number two, the testament they were given by Moses after they left Egypt is the testament the writers refer to as first or old. That testament that they were giving when they left Egypt to the promised land is what the writer of Hebrew refers to as first or old. Number three, the first or the old found fault. The first or the old covenant found fault. The new covenant does not find fault. The old covenant found fault. The new covenant does not find fault. Number four, the new has made the old or the first old. It is the new covenant that retired the first covenant as old covenant. You didn't hear that. It is the new covenant that retired the first covenant as old covenant. Are you still in the building? Yeah, the new covenant. Now, that which decayed and waxed old is ready to vanish away. So the arrival of the new sent the first on retirement as old covenant without retirement benefits. Stay with me. So, the old was used by the writer to explain to his audience that the first is no longer in use. The first covenant is obsolete. It's no longer in use. It's expired. It's retired. Alright? Now, please stay with me. That means, therefore, that there was no old covenant in Genesis. Because the first covenant, which is the old covenant, was what was given to them in Exodus chapter 12. So Abraham and the rest were not there when the first covenant, which is the old covenant, was given. And the arrival of the new covenant rendered the first covenant as old covenant, retired it without any benefit. Are you following? Now. Please stay with me. This is very crucial for the things I want to teach you this month. Now, so, <clears throat> there was no old covenant in Genesis. The old covenant started not even in Egypt. 
it started when they left. When they left Egypt. So even when they were in Egypt, there was no old covenant or first covenant. Now, the question will be, if there was no first covenant or old covenant in Genesis, and even when they were in Egypt, on what terms did they relate with God? On what terms did they relate with God? Now, stay with me because I'm going to get into that and pay some attention. On what terms did they relate with God? Moses and Abraham never met. Abraham was not under the old covenant. He was not in Egypt with them. He died in Genesis 25 verse 8. So what covenant did God give to Abraham? Everybody listen carefully. If you miss this, you shouldn't have come to church. God does not have two covenants. Let me run a bit. God does not have two covenants. God has only one covenant. God does not have dual nature. God is consistent. The same yesterday, today, forever. So he cannot have two covenants. God has only one covenant. And that covenant has been before time began to the end of time. So that will mean if there are two covenants, one is from God and the other one is from man. Because God can have two covenants. God has only one. Which is a reflection of his character. And a reflection of his nature. And his reflection of how he relates with men. He doesn't have double standards. It is a lack of understanding what I'm teaching you now that you hear some people say, why is it that the God of the Old Testament was more powerful than the God of the New Testament? It's not true. It's a lack of understanding. God does not have two dual nature. It's not like God was a bad boy in the Old Covenant. Then after Jesus died in the New Covenant, God now say, okay, from now be a good boy. No, that, God is not like that. God is consistently, constantly, constant. The same yesterday, today and forever. So God does not have two different dealings with people. His dealings are the same because God does not have respect of persons. His dealings are the same. Now, please listen carefully. If you observe recently when I was teaching on the two kinds of righteousness, I said that the Old Testament must be explained. The Old Testament must be explained. Very important. Now, so, what covenant then did God give to Abraham? The Old or first, the old or first, or the new, better and everlasting. What did he give to Abraham? Definitely the new covenant. The new covenant, Abraham operated under the new covenant. He functioned under the new covenant. The new covenant. And the new covenant predated the old covenant. The new covenant predated the old covenant. The new covenant is older than the old covenant. Stay with me. But you will ask, how can the new be before the old? How can the new be before the old? Let's see how brother Paul will clarify issues. Galatians 3.13 Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. Be made a cause for us for it is written, cause is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Why? 
Next verse. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Next verse. Brethren, I speak after. Oh my goodness. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be but a man's covenant. Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? Can you underline that? Though it be but a man's covenant. Yet, if it be confirmed, no man disannulled or added thereto. I love brother Paul Sunesis. Next verse. Next verse. Now, to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. What was made to Abraham? Covenant or promises? Promises. Where the promises made, he saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, unto thy seed, which is Christ. To thy seed, which is Christ. Verse 17 now. Pay attention. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God were in Christ the law the law which was 430 years after after the covenant in Christ cannot disannul that it should make the promise of non-effect next verse next verse for if the inheritance, if the inheritance, glory to God, are you in the building? If the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. It is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham, how? By promise. What did he mean by the blessing of Abraham? Galatians 3.14 Pay attention. Galatians 3.14 That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The promise of the Spirit is written like this in the original. The promise is the Spirit. That we might receive the promise which is the spirit? Which spirit? The spirit of adoption or the spirit of his son. Alright? The spirit of adoption. So, we received the spirit of adoption in fulfillment of God's promise to who? Abraham. The promise to Abraham was not by the law. The promise to Abraham was promise that was premised on God fulfilling the promise. What promise? The promise of the spirit of the son dwelling in man. The spirit of adoption taking up residence on the inside of believers. That is the promise that God gave to us by the death of Jesus which redeemed us from the cause of the law which is the first covenant or the old covenant. Stay with me now. <clears throat> now, who were the promises for? Remember, what God gave Abraham was a promise. Who were the promises for? Galatians 3.16. Pay attention. Galatians 3.16 now. 
to Abraham and his seed where the promise is made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one unto thy seed, which is Christ. So the promise was made to Abraham concerning Christ. Christ, the seed of Abraham. Christ, the seed of Abraham. Notice he said, not unto seeds as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, which is Christ. So, that promise was made concerning just one person. The promise was made concerning Christ Jesus. So, the promise was not made for Abraham. Rather, it was spoken to him. The promise was spoken to Abraham. That is why now brother Paul will say in Galatians chapter 3 verse 8. Put it up for me. Galatians 3 verse 8. And the scripture foreseeing that God will justify the hidden through faith. Preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying. In this shall all nations be blessed. He calls it the promise of the spirit. He calls it the promise of the spirit. Was it only for Abraham? No. It was for all believers. The promise was for all believers. You will see that in Galatians 3 verse 14. 3 verse 24. And 3 verse 29. Give me 24 and 29 so that we can read together. Galatians 3 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. To bring us. Because the promise, the promise spirit is for all of us. That we might be justified how? By faith. Now give me verse 29 now. And if you be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to what? The promise. Which promise? The promise that was made to Abraham. We are inheritors of that promise by faith in Christ. What is the promise? Adoption. What is the promise? The spirit of God taking up residence on the inside of believers. I will live in you. I will walk in you. I will be your God. You will be my sons and daughters. That promise of adoption fulfilled in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So notice Galatians 3.17. Pay attention. Galatians 3.17. And this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ the law the law which is what the writer of Hebrews referred to as the first covenant which now the new covenant retired and made it the old covenant the law which was put it up which was 430 years after after Abraham after Noah, after Enoch, after Abel, three, four hundred and thirty years after, the law cannot disannul that it should make that promise of non-effect. 
The behavior of people under the law cannot cancel God's promise of the resurrection of Christ. The behavior, the transgression of men under the law cannot interrupt God's plan of righteousness devoid of faith in Christ Jesus. Stay with me now. So, he is talking about the promise. He calls God's promise to Abraham the covenant. God's promise to Abraham the covenant. So, there was a covenant before the law. That covenant was in Christ. That covenant was not based on human performance. That covenant was in Christ. That the law came 430 years after as an addendum. Yet, the presence of the law of Moses did not disannul the promise of Christ making men righteous devoid of works. Righteous by faith. Righteous without works. Oh my goodness, I feel like dancing here now, trust me. Observe what Paul said. The law or the old covenant which was 430 years after cannot disannul that it should make the promise of non-effect. Of non-effect. So the golden question will be which came first? The old or the new? Huh? The new. Which means the new is older than the old. Which means Abraham functioned under the New Testament. Which means Abel operated under the New Testament. Which means Enoch operated under the old um, the New Testament. Which means after years of the New Testament, then the Old Testament interrupted the New Testament, which is the first covenant or which is the old covenant because it is called the first because when that covenant operated, the what Abraham operated under was the promise. It was not yet a full covenant. A covenant is a pledge, a vow, an agreement between two or three parties. One person cannot do a, make a covenant. Cannot actually, we call it court. One person cannot court a covenant. So God couldn't cut covenant with Abraham. Abraham is not fit to cut covenant with God. Abraham is mortality. God is immortal. Abraham is fallible. God is infallible. So God and Abraham cannot enter covenant. So what God did was to promise. He made a promise to Abraham. Are you following? Then God walked out of God. And God looked at God. And God said to God. The Lord said to my Lord. God said to God. I go. You stay. So God on earth. And God in heaven. Dual personality. And he came to earth on behalf of man. And died the death for man. So God man. And God, God entered a covenant between God and God. And God, man represents man. 
So the covenant between God and God is immutable. For by two immutable things, God in Christ cannot fail and God in deity cannot fail. So the covenant is unbreakable because the covenant is entered into by two infallible persons. Then man coming from Christ, man coming behind Christ, is not a member of the covenant. He's a beneficiary. So now, in Christ Jesus, whatever the covenant between Jesus and God has agreed on, I am just here to enjoy. It's not my fault. So even when I make mistake, I'm still enjoying the covenant because the covenant is not predicated on my morality or my perfection. It's predicated on deity and deity in humanity. Are we teaching good? If you're falling short, I hear you. Now, so the covenant is between God and God. That's why man is not a covenant partner with God. Uh, no, no. Man is just a beneficiary. Follow me and I'm going to get into that. Oh my goodness, I'm feeling good now. So, the term old covenant was to describe the covenant Moses. Moses. The covenant Moses. Man's covenant. The covenant Moses gave to Israel after he had left Egypt. Therefore, it's not about time. The term new used for the old covenant, I mean the term new used for the covenant God spoke to Abraham about, which was fulfilled by Christ Jesus, does not mean it came after the old. The word old as seen, you know, earlier was used to show that it was now obsolete. Obsolete. That's why the writer of the book of Hebrews referred to the law as a shadow. A shadow. Or as old. A shadow. Look at Hebrews 10.1. You will love this. Pay attention. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1. For the law having a shadow of good things to come. And not the very image of the things. Can never. On the line can never. That shows you the weakness. The limitation of the law. It can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the commerce thereunto perfect. Watch this. So the law is a shadow. Ladies and gentlemen, when I stand and my shadow falls, when you see my shadow, there wouldn't have been a shadow if there was no substance. The reason for the shadow is because there is a substance first. So the shadow comes after the substance. Am I communicating at all? The shadow comes after the substance. So for there to be a shadow called the law, there must have been a substance. The substance is the new covenant in Christ. Which the shadow of is the law of Moses given to men which has no substance. That's why it was added because of transgression. That was not the plan of God. The plan of God from time has always been the New Testament. And God doesn't play double. He operated New Testament in the Old Testament times, ran through till today with the New Testament. So Jesus came to fulfill the promise and enforce the new covenant. So what we have today is the new covenant who also hath made us able ministers of the new testament. Not of the later, for the later kill it. 
but it's of the spirit for the spirit giveth life i thought somebody would shout hallelujah so the new covenant was before the old covenant as a promise as a promise as a promise are you in the building as a promise stay with me stay with me stay with me now so we are the result we are the result of the new testament we are the result of the new testament meaning that the new creation is the result of the new testament when you mention new you must have an old now if the old testament was not made with the non-jews then they don't call it a new testament you will discover that when paul was going to mention he did not mention testament look at the way brother paul communicated it ephesians 2 11. ephesians chapter 2 verse 11 wherefore remember that you being in time past gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Next verse. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope and without God in the world. In teaching a non-Jewish background church, see how brother Paul expressed it. Look at verse 13 now. 13 to 15 of Ephesians 2. 13 to 15. <clears throat> but now, glory to God, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus. Next verse. For he is our peace. Who hath made both, both one. And hath broken down the middle wall of partition between the Jew and the non-Jew. He demystified Israel. Rendered Israel useless in the scheme of things. Push on. Give me the next verse. Next verse, next verse. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, Even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. He abolished it. The law of Moses. For to make in himself of twin, Jew and Gentile, one new man. So making peace. No more Jew. No more Gentile. Only the new creation. God took the Jew, took the Gentile, collapsed them together and out of the two brought out a man that never operated before. So Israel is no more relevant in the scheme of things. And I'm going to get into that brutally tomorrow. It's no more relevant in the scheme of things where God is concerned. He calls the new man. Look at verse 16 and 17. Verse 16 and 17. And that he might reconcile both. Reconcile who? Both unto God in one body by the cross. Having slain the enmity thereby, 17, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were near, Jew and Gentile, afar 
and near. Verse 18. Pay attention. For through him we both, both Jew and Gentile, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. So if any person tells you, you know, Jewish people are very special, Israel people are very important, you must go to Israel for pilgrimage, you must go and get holy water and anointing oil, it is idol worship. It is idol worship. Jesus has rendered Israel useless in the schemes of affairs. And he has collapsed them and he has taken the Jew and the Gentile and equalized them and has given all of us equal access. So in Christ Jesus, there is no Jew. There is no Gentile. In Christ Jesus, there is no Jerusalem water. Water from River Jordan is not better than water from Oron River. They are the same. Nothing makes any difference. Jesus has, has broken down the middle wall of partition. Am I communicating at all? Yeah. He has demystified the Jewish man. And he has given all of us equal access. Give me verse 19 now. Verse 19. Verse 19. Verse 19. Ephesians 2. Now therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners. But fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Verse 20 now. Woo, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. I didn't hear a powerful amen. So the new covenant births a family. We are not covenant people. We are a family. There was a covenant witness. Jesus. He was the covenant witness. He is the covenant sufferer. And we are the new creation. We are the family of God. Families don't live by covenant. Families don't live by covenant. Families are birth. We are born of his own will begat he us. By the word of truth. Being born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. The word seed is the Greek word sperma. Sperma is where you have English sperm. When there is sperm, there is DNA. That is the same DNA in God. It's the same DNA in the born again man. Why? We are family. We are not in a covenant. We are a family of God. We are not in a covenant. We are a family. We are not a family by covenant. We became a family through the covenant. That is, through the covenant offered by Jesus. But we exist today by hereditary, by birth. We are actually born into the family of God. There was a legal document in the blood of Jesus that made it legally possible for God to have children. You didn't hear what I said. There was a legal document in the blood of Jesus that made it legally possible for God to have children. But now, there was an actual birth by the Spirit of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. The born again man is born of the Spirit. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. 
For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of God may be fulfilled in us not by us. In us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. I thought somebody would shout hallelujah. So there was a legal document in the blood of Jesus that made it legally possible for God to have children. But as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. We are not covenant people. We are not in a covenant. So when we say the New Testament, we are making a mistake. It's actually supposed to be called epistles. Love letters from a loving father to his family. <laughs> the epistles are love letters from a loving father to members of his family. Written for those who are in Christ. Within those books, you will see teachings concerning the new covenant. You will see teachings concerning the new covenant. What is that new covenant? Is the blood of Jesus shed for humanity. The new covenant is the blood of Jesus shed for humanity. And in that new covenant, he bore the sins of the Old Testament. So we are not a covenant people. We are a new creation. We are found in the new man. Why? Because we are born of God. And I have news for you tonight as I close this service. Whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. And this is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. The new man, the new creation, is not subject to circumstances and situation. He's a ruler over circumstances and situation. They that receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, they reign in life. They reign over sickness and disease. They reign over devils and demons. They reign over circumstances and situation. Born of God. Born to reign. Born to rule. Born to take charge. Stand on your feet. That's all I've got for you tonight. Engebo Jakayana, Netola, Kereta, Katola, Le Baroka Tonekeli Dabaha. In the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. Revelation knowledge like never before. That the word of God rises big on your inside, causing you to rise to your fullness in God, living out your realities in Christ Jesus. Veils fall off, veils fall off, clarity comes. Bodies and yokes destroyed. Whatever is not planted by God, rooted out. Sickness and disease out in the name of Jesus. Body be healed, be healed. Whatever was not working for you, starts working now. Satan, get your hands off. I speak to your business. I speak to your career. I speak to your marriage. I speak to your situation. I command dry bones come alive. Ratoba, katoma, negala, koroto, sakaya, keleda, karata, labayada. In the name of Jesus. Great grace is upon you. You are kept by the power of God. Enjoy what Christ has provided. Live as a beneficiary. And enjoy all the benefits, rights, and privileges of your sonship in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Amen. Listen to me ladies and gentlemen. Don't go away. Don't adjust your set. We are just beginning. What you heard is just the part one of the entire service. We're going to go into a time of interaction, questions and answers. 
Mr. Bush is already in the building with me tonight. And I'm glad to have him here. Great, great, great man. Appreciate you, man. So good to have you here tonight. Now listen quickly. We're going to go into that section. We're going to answer a lot of questions. Phone lines will be open for people to call from all over the world. You shoot in emails if you have questions and all of that. It's going to be a very beautiful night. Now just before we go into that segment, I'd like you to grab your offerings. Grab your offerings tonight. We give when we receive a word like this. We don't receive a word like this and just walk out. No, it doesn't make sense. We give in faith and we respond to the word of God with our givings. We give sacrificially. We give intentionally. And we give joyfully. We are cheerful givers. We give with joy. We do not give out of duty. We do not give out of obligation. We give by understanding. We give by revelation. We know better. So the generosity of Christ for God so loved that he gave. That love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We too we love. We respond to the love of God and we respond to the love of God and extend the love of God in our hearts to humanity through the preaching of the gospel. So when we give, we are making our monies available so that this gospel will reach the ends of the earth. We are making our monies available so that this ministry will continue to fulfill the assignment given to us collectively. So I want to thank you, all of you that have been giving, partners of this ministry, friends of this ministry, everybody that has been part of giving to this ministry, I want to thank all of you. Thank you for your givings and thank you for your ceaselessness in being consistent in giving. Remember, God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. I want to pray for your offerings tonight. Lift them up. And I want to thank you partners and everybody giving tonight in the house centers online. Banking details are scrolling wherever you're watching around the world. Father, we pray for everybody giving tonight. We declare that our offerings are a sweet smell before you tonight. And we decree that our offerings will go around the world touching lives and changing hearts. And we are grateful that we have the privilege to give tonight. Thank you for, for the blessing and the opportunity to make a difference in the gospel through our giving. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Now listen, you know we're here tomorrow, 6 to 8 p.m. We're also here on Saturday. This year, 30 days of glory is every day. Monday to Saturday and Sunday, 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. Non-stop. There's so much food to eat. Hallelujah. We love you guys. We love you. Don't go anywhere. Invite more people. Call friends. Call people that have been disturbing you with questions from your teachings and from the Bible. People that have been saying things that they don't understand about our teaching. Tell them if you are very honest. Oh yeah, come now. Come. Shoot your question. Come and ask your question. Come and ask Dr. Damina your question yourself directly. Get them all on. We, are, we, are, we, are, we have made up our minds. Darkness must give way to light. And this is the time. Can I hear a good amen? So thank you for your giving. Make sure you drop your offerings, everybody, and enjoy enjoy the next two minutes before you connect with us on the other side. Let's celebrate our viewers around the world. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. That you have been blessed by this message. For these, all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damina, please call plus 234-806-800-9939. Or email powercityoffice at gmail.com. Jesus is the exclusive custodian. Jesus is the sole carrier. Jesus is the perfect imprint, the pleroma, the corporate headquarters of the Godhead. Jesus is the executive carrier of the Father. 
So if you don't know Jesus, you don't know the Father. You can never know the Father outside of Christ. Church in the air and church online. So his antique that he used on Adam was deception. Join Doctors Abel and Rachel Daminer as he brings you sound Bible study through the month of July at 30 Days of Glory 2020. Exegetically examining the fundamentals of the Christian faith. Salvation in Christ. Date from 5th of July to 2nd of August 2020. Time 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. from Mondays to Saturdays, 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Sundays. Hook up live on our Facebook and YouTube page and also live on Kingdom Life Network TV on my TV or Strong Decoder and live on Comfort FM Oyo by 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Mondays to Saturdays and 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Sunday and live on Inspiration FM 105.9 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily. Be a part of this program. Don't miss it. Jesus is the exclusive custodian. Jesus is the sole carrier. Jesus is the perfect imprint, the pleroma, the corporate headquarters of the Godhead. Jesus is the executive carrier of the Father. So if you don't know Jesus, you don't know the Father. You can never know the Father outside of God. Church in the air and church online so his antique that he used on adam was deception join doctors abel and rachel daminer as he brings you sound bible study through the month of july at 30 days of glory 2020 exegetically examining the fundamentals of the christian faith salvation in christ date from 5th of july to 2nd of august 2020 time 6 p.m to 8 p.m from mondays to saturdays 8 a.m and 11 a.m on sundays Hook up live on our Facebook and YouTube page and also live on Kingdom Life Network TV on my TV or Strong Decoder and live on Comfort FM Oyo by 6 p.m.